Can you sail under the command of a pirate? Or can you not? You don't listen, do you? I don't think you ever really hear me. This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. It stuck with me. I kept coming back to it, just trying to figure out where in the world we had gone so wrong that it had ended up here. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? We're not here yet. And welcome to the Pirate Professor Podcast. This is your captain speaking. Also, your professor. So, how's everybody doing today? We are hitting a new chapter today. So, um, this is one of my regular lecture podcasts for those who may just be out there listening. This is for my business and professional speaking students. We're going to be talking about the wide and wonderful world of employment interviews. And before you groan, which you may have, may I probably caught you too late. Probably already a little groaning action going on. It's okay. Employment interviews are just sort of this weird thing, right? It's we do these you are in many cases going in as a complete stranger to meet other complete strangers because they have a thing that you know you want to do or want to get paid to do and you have to kind of go in and it's you know it's courting like you go in and convince them that you you are worthy, um, and likewise you go in and make sure they are worthy, and it's sort of it's kind of like dating, except not really. Um, but it's sort of this awkward dance that has to happen at the beginning of something like that, especially if you're going in cold, um, where you don't really know anybody. Um, depends on you know kind of what the job is and where you are and. What your pursuits are, um, I've got some other interviews that I've done. I've been doing some different podcasts, so if you are interested, you can actually just go to the podcast page 
or YouTube, and uh, I started doing this series of, uh, I don't want to call them interviews, they're conversations. I've done this, I'm starting to do these conversations with people that I know who are interesting, but they're also professional communicators in some form or fashion. So, uh, interviewed a couple of uh, photographers uh, this past week. One of them, one of them has worked from. He's an old classmate of mine, and uh, works with Anthony Bourdain, uh, parts unknown. He's worked with he worked with Jane Goodall for years. Uh, and to be honest, like, you know, there was a point that his Instagram was kind of annoying because it was just like, hey, it's Dave with somebody else famous. But then there's also the one I uh, would really recommend you listening to is um, one I posted actually uh, today. He's a New York Times photo editor named. Are you ready? Are you ready? Write this down. No, seriously, write this down. It's uh, Greg Kendall Ball. Um, I guess I didn't have to do that so dramatically because you could have just paused this. So, obviously, I'm not fully embraced in technology. Greg Kendall Ball is a photo editor for the New York Times. uh, And he uh, also, you know, had an interesting uh, life. Went to college in Arkansas. Uh, but he was born in, um, he born in, yeah, he was born in Tennessee and then ended up in East Tennessee in the Appalachia area. And then because his, his father is South African, they moved to South Africa when he was a kid and he ended up spending his, uh, teenage years in South Africa. Anyway, long story short, he's a super interesting guy, but one of the things that we ended up talking about is the world of networking uh, for when people are, you know, looking for jobs and whatnot and how, and, and like how, how to do it well and how important it is and also how not to do it where it's icky. Like there, there's a good way to network with people. And then there's, an, there's other ways where it just kind of feels like they're simply, you're approaching them as if they're a stepping stone to your career. Um, and nothing else. And that's not really what people want. You may find somebody who's like super talented and got some super, it's got really good things to offer to you. Um, but the last thing you really want to do is just like walk right up to them and say, Hey, you're really interested help me find a job or I'm really interesting. Help me find a job. And Cause that's, that's sort of a transactional experience. Nobody really wants a transactional experience. And you find that even when people who work on a different level, whether in, in this particular case, whether it's the, the field of journalism and, and, um, television, uh, to really any industry, the people up top, they're still human beings. And sometimes when the people on the bottom, you know, sort of, I don't want to say they, they you sort of fanboy or fangirl. It just feels awkward and you're not actually helping yourself but doing these things. So if you want some kind of like legit advice uh, from somebody who's been there in this sort of modern world, uh, that's a good interview uh, to listen to. Greg Kendallball. And uh, he's really self-conscious about his accent, which 
honestly, you probably won't think he has one. Um, it's all right. What else can we talk about? I think that's that's kind of yeah. We're gonna jump into this particular lecture. Uh, the thing about these and lecturing about things like employment interviews, especially when you're doing it online, it's not necessarily like this is not what I would call riveting um, information. And a lot of it, I'm gonna be honest, and I'll tell you about it too, because. I got you. Um, if I think it's bad information, I'm going to tell you. And some of the some of the stuff in the book was probably good information once upon a time. And it's just kind of outdated. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And, you know, as far as like resumes and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Um, and I'm just sort of flipping through the book, looking around in here. And, and they give you, they always have all of these terminologies for different kinds of things. Uh, and, and honestly, some of those things... Like what they call what's the one I saw? The information seeking interview. Good lord, people, that is simply a conversation. Um, and we'll we'll get there in a second. So I hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying healthy. And with that being said, let's just uh, let's play some music. Um, yeah, let's play some uh, let's play some Jason Isbell. Uh, just because, just because it's about, um, I'll tell you specifically why it's about, uh, you guys, depending on where you are in your particular college degree, you know, career, you could be just starting out or you could be like finishing up and you're like getting ready to move into this next phase of whatever it is. Like you guys are bordering on, bordering on hitting that full on adult world. And, you know, some of you may already be there. Um, you get to make decisions for yourself. You get to stand on your own feet. You get to do the things your way. You get to stay up as late as you want to stay up. But you also have to deal with the consequences of your decisions. And, you know, and that plays out in all sorts of ways. That plays out on, did you actually prepare for the test? Do you are you in a habit of showing up on time to things? Um, you know, do you keep people waiting? Do you eat well? Probably not. Most college kids don't eat well because they think they're invincible. And then lo and behold, 30 creeps around and your metabolism shuts down and you're like, what the heck just happened? Um, you know, these kind of things happen to us. And so... And mostly the products of our decision making, uh, the products of the things that we do and don't do and decide we're going to do. And one of the things that you can simply do, uh, if you really want to help yourself on the path to a career and you know, what do we, what do, why do we do careers? Why do we go to college in theory? You know, part of it is you know, I got to get the degree. I got to get that piece of paper and that makes me qualified to apply for these things. Yeah, that's true to a degree, but also kind of the idea behind these is you, you become a greater force to be reckoned with as a human being because you know more you, we in liberal arts universities like this one, you know, there's a reason you take history classes. It's because, so you can learn you know, the way the past 
went and not necessarily in ways that are just sort of rosy, uh, you know, whitewash sort of things. You can, you can learn sort of how things really went down. You take philosophy classes so you can learn how to think. You take classes like this one so you can learn how to speak um, and process information. You take science classes so you know how the natural world works. It's not, you take math classes. God forbid some of you have to get through Algebra 1. But you do these things because you come out on the other side of that a more well-rounded human being. And so when things get weird in the world, you have more mental tools in your toolbox to handle them. So that can be, you know, global weirdness or it can be personal weirdness within your own life. You can think about these things. You can think how they get deeper, how you get deeper. So this particular uh, Jason Isabel song just sort of reminds me of that. And there's a line in there about Arkansas that, uh, I don't know, just made me think. Um, so I want to play it because it fits with what, not so much about an employment interview, but kind of how an, an employment interview just sort of seems to fit into a larger life. Couldn't be happy in the city at night You can't see the stars from neon light Sidewalks dirty and the river's worse Underground trains all run in reverse Nobody here can dance like me Everybody clapping on the one and the three of mine the last of my kind Am I the last of my so many people with so much to do Winter so cold my hands turn blue Old men sleeping on the filthy ground They spend the whole day just walking around Nobody else here seems to care They walk right past them like they ain't even there My last of my kind Am I last of my Daddy said the river would always lead me home But the river can't take me back in time And daddy's dead and gone And the family farm's a parking lot The Walton's five and dying Am I the last of my kind? Am I the last of my Tried to go to college, but I didn't belong Everything I said was either funny or wrong Laughed in my boots, laughed in my jeans Laughed when they gave me amphetamine Left me alone in a bad part of town Thirty-six hours to come back down Am I the last of my kind? Am I the last of my Mama says God won't give you too much to bear Might be true in Arkansas But I'm a long, long way from there and that whole world's an old and faded picture in my mind Am I the last of my kind? 
last of my kind Am I the last of my kind Am I the last of my All right, let's get to it, shall we? I noticed that I do a lot. It's just kind of like this sort of, it's not really a kissing sound because I do it with my teeth and my tongue. And it's sort of annoying uh, to listen back to. Believe it or not, I go through these things and I... um, I'll listen to them, not because I want to hear myself talk, but because I want to make myself better. Which is kind of one of the things that you guys should probably be. If I'm being honest here, you should probably be doing this. Um, if this year has taught us anything, it's that being able to speak effectively online is now officially a skill that you need to have. Um, Will the COVID-19 stuff pass and life will return back to normal? Yes. Yes, it will. At some point, this is just what happens. We will get better. People will get better. Life will move on. So, you know, the world as we know it will sort of um, return as um, it'll just it'll return. It'll feel normal again. But there's, there's things that are going to be shadows of this time that's going to stick around. And I really feel like the way that we communicate is a lot of that is, is going to change uh, like this in particular. Um, we will um, we'll keep communicating like this. Like we've the problem caused us to build an infrastructure and continue to build out an infrastructure that allows this sort of communication to go on in places where, and I've, I probably have talked, I know I've talked about this before, but you know, businesses are going to go, you know what I can, people 
I can save money by letting my my employer my employees work from home. And you know because it's it costs money to have an office, you know, just so you can have a little eight by eight cubicle to sit in and hack away at a keyboard all day. Yeah, there's definitely advantages to people being in proximity to each other. Um, but I think part of what's going on now is we're overcoming sort of the. See, I did it again. I did that thing. Um, we're overcoming kind of our prejudice toward those things, but we're also we're creating solutions to the downsides of this. So it's important uh, for you to learn how to deal with this and and work and. You know, be at the top of your game. And this is one of those things, and I guess what we're talking about, you know, like, what skill set do you have? Sometimes, you know, I see people post their, their resumes. I know Microsoft Word. Well, good for you. So does everyone else. Um, I can type, you know, 32 words per minute. Congratulations. You are a normal human being. But what if you have the ability to do this? Like you know how to like create your own podcast. You actually, or you know how to create engaging in online, you know, web meetings and be collab. You know, you've got experience collaborating online, creating projects, and doing project management online. These are skills. These are real, legit skills. Um, that especially if you're going into an older. Um, or an office that has an older demographic of people, there are going to be quite a few of them who don't know that. And so, you know, it's not only that you know whatever your subject is, but you're skill stacking this other thing on top of it. Like, I'm really good at, you know, whatever. Pick your profession. But you're also really good at the communication side on the top of it. Uh, and specifically, that was just communication, because that can seem pretty generic, you're doing re you're really good at um yeah i guess what we're just talking about you know online communication uh strategizing implementing you know implementing projects and working with people and on top of that if you can show productivity uh then you probably get away with a lot i've discovered you can get away and do a whole lot of things as long as you're making the person you're working for more money than they're paying you. Like that's kind of the, the secret to business or like if you're selling a product or a service or whatever, if you can make them more than they're paying you, they will continue to pay you. Uh, unless somebody, you know, comes along who does the exact same thing as you and they can make more, excuse me, more money with them. Uh, and so that's where the competition comes in. So anyway, think about these things. And let's jump in. Chapter 8, the employment interview. So it's what we talked about at the very beginning. You come in, you sit down, kind of historically. You come into an office, you sit down in a chair. There's somebody sitting across from you at a desk, you know, looking all professional and important. And they ask you questions. This could be your potential boss. This could be, you know, whoever the HR rep is. It could be some, you know, other places, it depends. It could be some dude in work pants and, you know, you're on a construction site. It, it, who knows what it is. 
the thing that's got how to ha- that needs to happen before you ever get there, um, because it increases your chances of actually getting one of these things, is your your network of people, like people you know. Uh, one of the dangers of getting too comfortable with the people you know is um, there's not necessarily. It's not that you're using the people you know to elevate you in life, but there is a great deal of advantage to knowing people who are in the world that you want to work in. Case in point, my very first job in journalism, I was a, I was an editor uh, at an NBC affiliate. I had a degree. I had experience. I had all of these things. I got hired and I got hired just a few days after this other guy got hired and you know whatever I didn't think he did great work but I was starting I was just happy to have a job time goes on he and I get to know each other you know years go by you know we're no longer working there anymore either one of us and at one point he confesses something to me he confessed that he didn't know what he was doing when that started. And he was technically my supervisor. He started a few days in front of me. He did not have my education. He did not have my experience. What he did have was a friend who already worked there, who was up the ladder a bit. That particular friend brought him in showed him the basics of what he would need to do and basically coached him to get through the interview. And he landed a job right before me and ended up as not really my boss, but kind of the head of our little department. And the difference between him and me is I had all the experience and knowledge and he knew someone. And unfortunately, life's not fair sometimes, and that's just kind of how it works out in the end. Um, you know, it worked out. It was no big deal. It's not like he was making really any more than I was. It was just, a, I guess, a title as much as anything. But the reality is he ended up in the same job I did with not nearly as much effort going into it simply because he knew somebody. And that's because he had a network established of, uh, of someone. Um, so work on your network, work on building like a collection of people um, who who work in the field that you want to work in. That's the other thing is if you know some people who are out there and are doing the job and working in the industry, you know, those letters of recommendation are really going to take you further than, you know, getting one of your professors or, you know, a high school teacher to write you a letter, right? Because, you know, it's just different. It's different. Uh, the book goes on to talk about information-seeking interviews, and they go through this long BS thing about you're going to have to go to all these websites and look for blogs and, and right there and then conduct 40 to 50, you know, information-seeking interviews. Good God, you're not going to get 40 to 50 people to talk to you. What you do need to do is get a handful of people who have something that you can learn from, and that would be a thing that I would say to do as much as anything Find somebody who's doing what you want to be doing or working in the world that you want to be working. And then, you know, reach out to them. Don't get crazy. Don't get, you know, 
just say, hey, I'm a student and I'm, I'm trying to learn. You know, what do you wish you had known when you were where I am? And sometimes they're going to give you some good advice, you know, and sometimes they're not going to reply to your email or whatever, however you reach out to them. But, you know, it's a start. And, and if you establish some kind of relationship like that, don't, don't just constantly ask them, you know, information. Don't get all stay in the technical world. You know, ask them, you know, how their life is every now and then. Be just sort of a human being. And you'd be surprised that how refreshing that can be for people that you're like, oh, you're a normal person. Good. Great. All right. So on that note, that's probably of everything I'm, I've told, I'm going to tell you and have told you that is probably some of the most important information. Like right now, no matter where you are, how close or far away from your graduation, figure out it exactly is what you want to do. And then start building roads for yourself to get to that location. And it's like I said, it's more than just getting a degree. A degree at the end is, is symbolic as far as the, the piece of paper that you get. It's the education you get now is building roads. And the network is connecting those roads. All right. Uh, the next thing, talk about resumes. Resumes can come in all sorts of f weirdness. Like... I find it very, uh, there are still paper interviews out there, but from what I have seen in the past couple of years, almost everything has gone online. And so it used to be you would hire, you know, you would go through all these templates and you would create these really elaborate paper, inter, um, um, resumes and put it on fancy paper. And now really it's a lot of times companies will just ask you to fill out a form and then it builds the resume and it turns it into a PDF form and you submit it and you go on with your life. What you do need to know is kind of like what kind of information that you should put in there and what kind of information you shouldn't put it in there. So I'm not, you can read the book. You have the book on this like chronological resume or whatever. What you guys mostly need to think about is uh, what the book would call something like a functional resume because most of you are going to be graduating and you're not going to have a lot of experience. So what you really need to be able to focus on is not how much time you've worked, but what you know how to do. And that's going to that's gonna be the biggest thing for you because um, we're in this world where technology evolves really fast. And so the thing that was really popular five years ago is no longer popular. Like I taught this class like 15 years ago and the things that there were things that were relevant 15 years ago that I look at and largely they're still in there from this book that aren't, you know, in the newer versions of this book, but they're not really relevant anymore. So be the person who comes in and helps make a company relevant. Don't walk in and tell them they're not relevant, but come in and give them proof that you are something that will, um, add relevancy because you're relevant and you're going to be a good addition uh, to that company. You know, and it's not just that, what your skills, it's also your attitude. Um, you know, if you're coming in, this is one of the things Greg was saying when he had some like kind of icky networking attempts, like he, they met some people at a, um, 
they're at a social gathering of some sort. And, and a lot of these kind of networking things happen in these social environments. So you'll go to a conference and you'll hang out after, and you know, you're just sitting around hanging out with it, like whoever, like the presenter was at a thing. And he was at something kind of like that. And he got introduced to a bunch of people and, but he was introduced just as kind of their friend, Greg, and they didn't really care until later in the conversation where, you know, his friend happened to mention what he did. And then suddenly everybody starts looking at him with interest and, you know, they're breaking out business cards and they're like, look at me, you're suddenly important enough. And it's painfully obvious for a guy like that, that, oh, I wasn't important to you 15 minutes ago, but suddenly now I am. So that immediately makes me not really like you that much. So keep these things in mind. Um, when you're trying to be human, uh, you're trying to be, um, you're building those roads, you're, you know, establishing what it is, you know, how to do. And, you know, you're, you're coming in with a certain sort of personality. You somebody who's in journalism, like the biggest thing that I tell people that they need to be is curious, like curious and interested in things. And you're always trying to figure things out. If you're apathetic and just don't give a rat's ass, then you're not going to be a good journalist. So whatever your field is like, think about what it is that you really want to be able to do. Um, and then think about the kind of the, the personal traits that you need to do that really well. And, and sometimes that takes focusing on the people who do that job really well. And you're like, what, what is it about them that makes them so good? And so think about that and just follow those things through. Um, I'm just turning through the pages of this kind of, this kind of thing, this kind of thing, this kind of thing, uh, this kind of resume, this kind of resume. Um, there's a social media profile resume. Sometimes I don't really, that would be like LinkedIn is the best, best option for that. If you're thinking about, you know, turning your Instagram into a resume, don't waste your time. Nobody cares. Um, not really. Unless, unless the only way they care about your Instagram is if you happen to be going into a media job and you, or you're, you know, looking for a sponsorship and you can like, look, I've got 1 million people who follow me because in that case you're bringing an audience along and then they care. Um, but beyond that, not so much. LinkedIn is a good one, especially if you're into, um, you know, searching for, you know, white collar jobs or Jobs, it, it, a lot of recruiters now are searching in that world. So it pays to have a good LinkedIn profile. There's also like Indeed is huge out there. And half the time, uh, and I know this because I used to run the uh, a social media. I used to run, do all the communication as a, as a client, was a, as a um, staffing agency. And, you know, they're basically HR for a lot of companies. And so they would do a lot of interesting stuff and, but almost always they were using, um, indeed, uh, and some of the other ones they're always feeding indeed into their, um, platforms. Now, as far as who you are, exaggeration, exaggeration goes with resumes and, you know, like, like peanut butter and jelly people tend to over exact you know over emphasize their skill set because they're trying to make themselves seem as good as possible and we all get it 
Everybody gets it. You do it in dating, too. You try to make yourself look as good as humanly possible, even though some of it may not exactly be accurate. So do the best you can. Don't go too crazy. Don't get into the world of distortion, because the other thing is if you have to, if you tell somebody, you're, you're ultimately sort of lying, and there's a point you're going to have to live up to that lie. You're like, you know how to do this, and then they're like, good, do it. And then you're like, oh, frick. Uh, and then next thing you know, you're looking for a job again because it turns out you weren't so, um, honest and now they know you're not as good as you said you were. Um, and also kind of on that standpoint, if you're thinking about things that you wish you were good at going into that job interview, now's your chance to go get good at those things. Like you're like, these are the things that I really want to be able to do when I apply for my first job. I want to have this skill set. And so think about what those things are now and try to figure those out and then start, you know, create a plan. Uh, Case in point, like one of the things that would have really helped me, you know, later on, I didn't realize it. Learn how to speak Spanish. You know, there's people who didn't want to know, you know, you didn't want to pay attention to Spanish class or whatever foreign language because you thought you'd never use it, kind of like algebra, and then turns around sometime later, it would have been really, really handy. Um, that's one of them for me. And so then I had to, you know, revert to, you know, using like Duolingo and using apps to try to make up for, you know, time lost. So think about the things that you wish you knew how to do and start working on learning how to do them now. Uh, because again, especially if you can speak a, a second language, that's huge in a lot of companies huge uh so get on it and impression management let's just say you're going to your job interview here's one of the things it's old advice um it's solid advice once you get within a mile of wherever it is that you're going to interview pretend that every person you meet from that point on is going to be the person interviewing you because believe it or not, there's a really good chance it could happen. And this is, again, it goes back to kind of what attitude you go into it with. Once I had to give a sales pitch. Uh, I was working in social media at the time, and we were trying to, we wanted to build this new um, platform. And we needed seed money. And, you know, we needed, a, a, back then, and this was, you know, 15 years ago. It was like 2000. Five, yeah, it was like 15 years ago. We needed a hundred thousand uh, dollars invested in the thing that we were going to be doing, and so we had everything lined up. We had our little PowerPoint program set up, and we we're all going in there. And I was kind of the, I was working on this team. I wasn't the technical person, but I was more of the spokesperson because that was my background. And so, and this was a company where we knew people, so it like wasn't like we were just going into talking to a bunch of strangers. And then, uh, while I was just sitting there waiting, um, lady comes in and she was like, Oh, Hey Billy, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this. And I was super enthusiastic about it. I was like, this is the thing we we really want to build this. And let me, and I just had my laptop and I pulled it out and I was like, and these are the things like, it's going to do this and this and this, you know, and I I just kind of, and personally I was just thinking, not that I wanted to rehearse this, but this was actually a thing I was very excited about. I was really 
wanting to get this money so I could do this project and I want to do this and it's going to be able to do that. And then it's going to be able to help like you guys be able to do all these things. And I'm just super enthusiastic about it. And she's like, that's really amazing. I'm like, thanks. All right. Well, and then she's like, good luck with your meeting. Da, 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 da. Okay. Catch you later. You know, and about 15 minutes later, I walk into a meeting. Turns out the person I was supposed to give my sales pitch to was the person I had just talked to, and I had no idea. And the other thing is, I didn't have to give the sales pitch because I already sold it to her. Like, it was basically a done deal when we walked into the room, and I had no idea what I had just done. But we got the money, and we got to do it, and we got to build the project, and it was awesome. And... um and it's because it made a good impression walking into that. And so this is kind of what you have to do uh, going in there. Uh, we can go in looking into the book. And if you look at highlighted words, they've got controlling style, submissive style. You get into non-structured interviews. That's just where they don't have a, a, a list of things that are going on. Um, structured interview. That's how most interviews are, uh, honestly, especially if you're just starting out. You're going to sit down at the table and they're going to have a list of questions and you're going to go over them. Um, it helps for you to kind of predict what kind of questions they're going to ask. And ultimately it all comes down to one simple answer. It's like, why, you know, we've got 20 different people applying for this job and they all have similar qualifications. Why should we hire you? And you got to be able to pony up and bring up some good answers to that. So why should they hire you? What do you bring into the table that nobody else is? Is it your charm? Is it your Instagram followers? Is it how good you are on Snapchat? It, you know, believe it or not, some of these things may be valid. Some of them may not be. You need to know that stuff going in. Um, and we talk about, they also talk about group interviews and panel interviews. And we've already talked about that in the last chapter. One of the things that you're going to have to think about is a video interview. And these are... These are stuff, this is just stuff that you're going to have to um, get used to. Um, get a good webcam. You guys are already submitting to me um, videos. So start, here's some other things that I like want you to start thinking about. When you do these videos, think like you're a television producer and it's not just about you sitting with a blank wall. Like look at your environment that you're expressing like when somebody sees you they're seeing you framed into an image they're seeing a background they're seeing um there's and that's telling them something about you what are you telling people about you? what are they you telling them about yourself like what kind of person do you want them to feel that you are um how are you dressed? Does your hair look okay? Where, you know, do you look like you just woke up? Do you have junk laying behind you? Are you orderly? You know, or think like you're a, a TV studio and you, you want to set up and you want to make a good impression, not just yourself, but your environment. So think about all of these things for a video interview, because it's not just about getting through the questions. You're communicating stuff, not just verbally, but you, you remember you're communicating the nonverbals as well. Uh, one of the things that it's kind of hard to, unless you have a standing desk, but one of the things that I remember uh, doing telephone interviews is 
believe it or not, you tend to answer things better if you're standing up because your body can move and breathe and that it gets expressed through your voice. So, um, also here's a good one. Make sure you have questions for the company and also make sure you do some basic stuff like basic research. Don't ever walk into and they're like, do you have any com you know, questions for us? And you're like, yeah. So like, what do you guys do? Like you should know that answer, right? There should, there's, there should be no, so what are you guys up to around here? Um, you know, you may already, you should already have a pretty good idea. And so maybe you want to ask something like a clarification question. It's like, all right, I know you guys do this, but like, what's your, you know, how do you guys go about doing these kind of things? Like, you know, if, if they, you know, they work in projects, like, you know, what's, how do you guys collaborate on projects and, you know, what do you find most efficient for you or in the most productive or whatever it happens to be? And you can ask them a question that I don't say may or may not be expecting, but you can get something that's not quite so rehearsed. Uh, plus, it shows them that you're doing your research and you're coming in with, you know, a better head on your shoulders. So think about those things. Um, at the end, you know, you can send a thank you card. That's what they say. I, you know, you can send an email. Hey, just appreciate it. You know, just following up. If you need any more information, please don't hesitate to contact me. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then mostly, yeah, just think about the things that you should say, what you should, you know, prepare to say. Think about the kind of questions. If you were interviewing you, what would you ask? And then practice your answers, but don't practice them too much. You don't want to sound like a robot. Sound like a human being. Try to be a human being. So, with that being said, I am going to call this chapter done. And it's midterms, the weather's beautiful, and here is your assignment for the week. This is very important, and I'm not going to post it, so this way I know if somebody asks me, they didn't pay attention to the podcast, and I'll know. I had a philosophy professor in college who used to tell us to we were thinking about things we're thinking big thoughts and you know we're studying these other people who had big thoughts and he was like just go outside it's a beautiful day go sit underneath a tree drink an rc cola and eat a moon pie and just think about life and that's actually what i want you to do i want you I'm not going to ask you to write anything down. If you've got your own little personal journal, it'd be a good time to write it, but I'm not asking you to turn anything down or turn anything in. What I want you to do is think about how this thing ends for you as far as when you graduate and you want to be walking into that first job interview, where do you want to be as a human being? It could be, we could be talking physical location. We could be talking emotional health. We could be talking physical health. We could be talking skill set. And to be honest, we're talking about all of these things. So as a human being, you know, where do you want to be when you go for that 
first big job interview. And then what I want you to do is work backwards from there. You're like, okay, if this is where I want to be, this is the kind of person I want to be. What do I need to do to get there? And I promise you it's going to be a lot more than half-assing through some of your classes and getting a degree at the end of the day. So what I want you to do is think about those things. Think about what you want to do, who you want to be, and how you're going to get there. And then, this is where the gut level honesty is going to come in. I want you to be honest with yourself about the things that you're afraid of that may be hanging out between you and that place. Like the places where your imposter syndrome may kick in. The things that you're like, I may not be good enough to do this. I may not be smart enough to do this. My family isn't affluent enough to do this people are going to find me out these these kind of things like they're going to find out i'm crazy i need you to find these things and, and start thinking about these things and then make that part of your list because part of it is just simply being honest with who you are as a person um you know we're talking about employment inter interviews but really we're talking about professional growth um because you got time you have some time now and uh, be honest with yourself. Do real research. Don't just sit around and go, yeah, I need this and do this. In five minutes, you're done. This should take hours. You know, you may not have to do it all in one setting. But just sit and think. Put away your phone. Put away, you know, give your brain time to roam. Go for a walk if you need to. You know, if you can't just sit still and ponder. You know, go for a walk. Do something that you keeps you active but you just gives you you gives you space to think and I think that'll be good I think that'll be real good and yeah and then you can uh, you can live a cool life that way alright that's all for this week people and I appreciate you hanging with me we're at 50 minutes now I'm gonna kick you out with an Arkansas band named Lucero. See you next week. Mm -hmm.